understand what the 5G is doing and what they say it's doing, we're told on the IEEE beam forming document that this technology cooked your eyes like eggs in World War II. Join me in welcoming to the National Press Club Federal Communications Commission Chairman Tom Wheeler. It's an honor uh, to be here um, at the National Press Club. The first generation wireless 1G was voice. The second generation 2G allowed both talk and text. The third generation 3G, the internet, in a limited way. And today's technology, 4G, completed that digital migration. But if anyone tells you that they know the details of what 5G is going to become, run the other way. have to tell people 5G is a killer. I'm Mark Steele. Anybody who hasn't heard me, I'm a weapon systems head up display expert one of the leading experts in the world. I've actually brought cover in relation to this, and the reason I became an expert was to invent them. What I'm going to say to you today, do not believe a single word I say. Not one. I want you to do your research. You'll find it's absolutely terrifying. You got your body cut? Aye, aye, aye. Oh, good lad. Right, because I can talk to that. This 5G rollup is a weapon system. I've got a letter with central government because I know about weapon systems more than anything other. In uh, Britain, in a place in the uh, north of England called Gateshead, uh, a scientist there called Mark Steele has been um, very publicly and actively warning people about the effects of LED streetlights, which he says in Gateshead are emitting now 5G. Right, uh, what's the crap? Uh, I'm just having to work with these gates. It talks to work as about replacing this... Uh, this, these transmitters on these lights that are causing harm and uh, assault in the community. This is an existential threat to the economy, to the environment and humanity. If these transmitters are everywhere, then everyone's at risk too. There's a lot of confusion about what 5G is. The G stands for generation. So you started off with the first uh, transmitter system. Back in the 1980s. In the 80s, yeah. So you had 1G, then you had 2G. And as the generations moved on, you started to see uh, more uh, complex 
signal systems, uh, cleverer uh, pieces of uh, you know antenna designs, etc., etc. So the whole thing became uh, more data, quicker data, quicker downloads, etc., etc. However, 5G is something completely different. Let's get a break though. Let's tell the people what this really is. This is the 5G transmission device. Blinking out, that's a hell of a beast, that isn't it? These are the uninsurable transmitters. Let's get a good look at that, guys, because obviously I know there's quite a few experts who want to see uh, more detail about the transmitters and the chipsets. Just have a good look, boys. This is the control management system, Masquerade. There's an antenna there, you see that? What is this phase to rear antenna here? What's that? This is for phase to rear, alright? As you'll see, it's got a driver, it's got some chip there. It's one chip. Look at the chipsets on this. This is your dystopian world. What did this, what did Gated Council say? I'll tell you what I think, we better send some of these educated fools back to school. Or just send them to prison. Whichever is the easiest. I think prison's probably better. Alright, that's 5G guys. That's 5G hardware. You must consider the whole part played by electricity in nature. Human beings cannot go on developing in the same way in an atmosphere permeated on all sides by electric currents and radiations. It has an influence on the whole development of man. This life of men in the midst of electricity, notably radiant electricity, will presently affect them in such a way that they will no longer be able to understand the news which they receive so rapidly. The effect is to damp down their intelligence. Such effects are already seen today. Even today, you can notice how people understand the things that come to them with far greater difficulty than they did a few decades ago. Rudolf Steiner, 1924. Rudolf Steiner noted that in 1924, since then, our atmosphere had become far more permeated with electric waves of widely diverse types. There's no doubt now that electric waves, electromagnetic forces, cause direct biological effects. There's thousands of peer-reviewed papers on this subject. There's no doubt about it. But what are these effects? How are they affecting us? What can we do about it? We're now at a stage where we're putting in what's called 5G, which is a special type of broadcast for high-density information transfers. And it turns out that this is the same frequency bands that are used in crowd dispersal weaponry. and 
it can actually uh, data gather. It is a target acquiring system. Phase to rate is basically radar off the battlefield. It is extremely good at identifying targets and being able to lock on the targets. And not only that, it can specifically target you as an individual. So any judge sitting on a, uh, an interesting case, let's say, any lawyer, any barrister, anybody doing any work that is potentially controversial, your life could be a threat. So the antenna design that you currently have on top of these LED streetlights, masquerading as a control management system, it basically battlefield interrogation equipment. The first phase of the rear unit was actually called Mammoth, used by the Germans during the Second World War to identify Allied aircraft. Obviously things have moved on significantly since then. I specialised in microwave warfare. Uh, radar, obviously, which uses microwave, but they don't just teach you radar, they teach you all about microwaves and other uses. So I understood about microwave warfare and how it can damage people, how it can harm people. Microwaves then were used as weapons, as they are today. It is a, a perfect stealth weapon. And when governments don't like a group of people, for instance, the, the ladies who protest at Greenham Common in England about the American missile base they camped, they were microwaved. We microwaved Catholics in Northern Ireland to make them sick. Uh, it, it goes on all over the world. and it, It's a weapon that you don't know you're being targeted because the dose is very, very low, which is actually more dangerous than a high dose. It's very, very low and it may take a year or two but you can you can cause neurological damage and cancers with low-level microwaves and you can make all your opponents sick it, it's a perfect weapon for a government i had neighbors knocking on the door uh, talking about children bleeding from the nose i had images posted on facebook but one neighbor in particular came to my door and mentioned the fact that since the LED street lighting had been installed, she was bleeding from the nose every single night. I thought it was unbelievable. However, I spoke to another neighbour who lived not far from the first lady who mentioned this, and she also confirmed that since the LED street lighting had been installed, she also had started to develop nosebleeds and had never had nosebleeds before in her life. That then put me on a journey to investigate. I measured microwave radiation levels from the transmitters uh, on top of the LED streetlights. Uh, the basic 868 megahertz, it was significantly higher than the current Council of Europe 1815 resolution, which is a maximum of 600 millivolts. I've measured up to th over 3,000 millivolts. Uh, five times, five to six times higher than the than the guidelines. Significantly higher than than the current Council of Europe 1815 resolution, which states that 200 millivolts should be the maximum. The Bioinitiative report states that it should be significantly less than that. So we've got the Council of Europe. That's, you know, the, 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 the International Criminal Court.
courts are stating that, you know, the learned judges have said that 200 millivolts in our measuring in bedrooms in Gateshead, minimum, minimum 600 and up to 4,000. Does this mean that in 2020, 2021, when 5G is destined to roll out globally, that you're going to get those kind of readings everywhere all the time? Everywhere all the time. Worse than that? Worse than that. Yes, 5G will connect the internet of everything. If something can be connected, it will be connected in the 5G world. Hundreds of billions of microchips connected in products from pill bottles to plant waterers requiring massive deployment of small cells. We won't wait for the standards. Now, to make this work, five, the 5G build-out is going to be very infrastructure intensive. We must reject the notion that the 5G future will be the sole provenance of urban areas. The 5G revolution will touch all corners and that's damn important. The interconnected world of the future will be the result of decisions we must make today. I'm an internal medicine physician. I've practiced medicine for 21 years, and my background is mostly academic, internal medicine, hospital-based, clinical research, and medical education. I'm a certified Microsoft small business specialist. I've worked on space station designing the cabling system for the airlock module, where I was responsible for EMI, EMC analysis, which is electromagnetic interference, electromagnetic compatibility. I am a professor in the Department of Epidemiology biostatistics and occupational health and I teach there both toxicology and health effects of electromagnetic radiation. My name is Daphne Tachover and I'm the founder of an organization called We Are The Evidence. Uh, we are an organization that represents the many adults and unfortunately many children who have become very sick from wireless technology radiation. There seems to be a couple false Easter eggs being put out there right now. I want to make sure we dispel that right off the gate. The effects of wireless on health scientifically are very, very clear. So it's always pushed back to the definition of an acceptable level of radiation. And that's what this is, by the way. This is about radiation. Wireless radiation has biological effects, period. My name is Dr. Angie Kolbeck. I've been reviewing the studies showing the impacts of wireless radiation on our health, and there are now thousands of studies showing the following adverse health impacts to wireless radiation. Cancer, oxidative damage, DNA damage, DNA failure. Things like you know, memory, uh, dizziness, anxiety, brain fog. Headaches, nosebleeds, cognitive problem, exhaustion. We have evidence of DNA damage, cardiomyopathy, which is the precursor of congestive heart failure. Short and long-term memory loss, decreased attention spans, lower reaction times, um, even involuntary contractions of muscles causing misalignments of spines and jaws. Breast cancer. We suddenly have breast cancer in women who have no DNA predisposition, disrupted immune function, and change in stress proteins, reproductive infertility effects. There are dozens and dozens of studies that show beyond any doubt what this uh, radiation is doing to our sperm. Now. If you take this, the, the cell phone out of your pocket, 
the sperm will recuperate within three to four months. What would not recuperate would be the damage to the DNA of the sperm. That is irreparable. The wife of the ex-governor of, of Indiana was diagnosed with glioblastoma. Same brain tumor Ted Kennedy have and John McCain had. Did you look at John McCain's car? This is a cell phone brain tumor. Um, LeBron James, one of our sports people, had a salivary gland tumor. That is another cell phone uh, uh, tumor. You didn't hear about it because immediately after that was discovered, he would pay, was paid by Samsung to become their spokesperson. We are seeing increases in, in brain tumors. Uh, we're seeing increases in Alzheimer's. We're seeing increases in uh, all of the neurotransmitter diseases, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, um, Parkinson's. These are all disease systems that are known to be associated with low-level energy exposures. We talk about the 24-7, around-the-clock exposure, whatever you are and your whole body. You never get away from it. And it seems from our studies that maybe your immune system can cope with it for a time but it will deteriorate, then the irradiation will definitely damage cells at the deeper level, and the question is what will then happen? These are out of peer-reviewed papers, so these are not just hypochondriacs thinking that they're doing it. We're having real problems with this. This is no longer a subject for debate when you look at PubMed and the peer-reviewed literature. These effects are seen in all life forms, plants, animals, insects, microbes. So 5G is not a conversation about whether or not these biological effects exist. They clearly do. There is scientifically evidence that is so strong that you can be certain that the standards used by the SCC to manage health effects are wrong. We need to start measuring how much radiation are people being exposed to before we roll out 5G. There are four kinds of electromagnetic fields that we know are harmful to human health. So radio frequency radiation, magnetic fields, dirty electricity, and electric fields, okay? Our exposure, any given person, and all humans are affected by EMFs. What is our exposure in a, in a day? It's not one cell phone. It's cell phones, it's multiple wireless networks, it's smart meters, it's cell towers. It's this sandwich, and it all adds up. The data we're going to look at are all published science, testing results, or public standards. At the bottom end of the radiation scale of what's called power density, or signal strength, is the minimum level at which cell phones will work, which was found to be 0.2 billionths of a microwatt per centimeter squared. Pine needles were found to age prematurely at 0.00027. At short-term exposures of 0.05, children aged 8 to 17 experienced headache, irritation, concentration difficulties, and behavioral problems. Point 0.1 is the bowel biology or building biology guideline for extreme concern. 1.0 produced sperm DNA fragmentation and a decrease in sperm viability in vitro. Also at 1.0, the science shows the following bodily effects can occur. Headaches, dizziness, fatigue, insomnia, chest pain, difficulty breathing, and indigestion. 2.5 saw altered calcium metabolism in heart muscle cells. 4.0, changes in the hippocampus affecting brain memory and learning. And at 6.0, DNA damage in cells. So where are smart meters on this list? Electrical Power Institute in December 2010 
measured a single ITRON smart meter with pulses up to 7.93 microwatts per centimeter squared. Our own testing indicated approximately 8.0 with one meter. These tests are at a close distance, approximately one foot away from the meter, but an infant's crib can be just as close on the other side of the wall where the meter or bank of meters are installed. Even though there are all these known health effects at levels far lower, Switzerland, Liechtenstein, and Luxembourg see fit to set the standard at 9.5. And China, Poland, and Russia, 10.0. This is the same level at which behavior has been altered, producing reflexes of avoidance following 30-minute exposures. A room of 12 smart meters, very common and even a conservative number in an apartment building, tested at 19.8 microwatts per centimeter squared. This is hundreds of times higher than levels which clearly indicate harmful effects. So, how can utilities and governments get away with forcing these devices on everyone? This is how. In Canada and the US and several other civilized countries, the safety limit is set at 600 to 1000 microwatts per centimeter squared. This so-called safety limit is literally tens of thousands of times higher than levels which are known to damage health according to peer-reviewed published science. Faster, better, more reliable internet. That's the promise of 5G technology, but there is also the peril. Health hazards associated with radio frequency that is higher also and requires more transmitters and in antennas. And the stark, simple fact is the health hazards are unknown and unstudied. And that is a sign of neglect and disregard on the part of the Federal Communications Commission that seems unacceptable. There have been no answers so far. The FCC basically has said everything's fine, but in order to reach a conclusion about the health and safety of this new technology, we need facts. Chairman, thank you uh, for having this hearing. Uh, 5G, as you well know, also uses higher frequency waves that don't travel as far and will rely on a network of hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of small cell sites. And the question then is, are there any health implications, any public safety implications to those additional sites that are likely to be located close to homes, schools, workplaces, and closer and closer to the ground. Correct? Correct, Senator. Yes. So my question for for you, particularly Mr. Gillen and Mr. Berry, um, how much money has the industry committed to supporting additional independent research? I stress independent research. Is that independent research ongoing? Has any been completed? Where can consumers look for it? Um, and we're talking about research on the biological effects of this new technology. Thank you, Senator. And I think, uh, thank you for your focus on the issue. Uh, safety is paramount, and as you alluded to, we rely on the expert agencies, we rely on the findings of the FDA and others as to the requirements to keep all of us safe. Uh, there are no industry back studies to my knowledge right now. Happy to visit with you as to what 
uh, opportunities. You think there needs to be more studies, and we're always for more science. We also rely on what the scientists tell us. So essentially, the answer to my question: How much money? Zero. Uh, I can certainly follow up with you, Senator. To my knowledge, there's no active studies being backed by industry today. Anybody else know of industry commitments to to back research, fund it, support it, to ascertain scientifically the health effect? No, I'm not aware of any. So there really is no research ongoing. We're kind of blind, blind here. As far as health and safety is concerned. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. You're a trained medical professional. Yes. We don't have one on the panel. What are we to make with uh, of the American Cancer Society, for example, telling us there's no evidence of of uh, harmful product? Many of these organizations have conflicts of interest. Very briefly, if you can, what do you, what's your definite, what do you mean by conflict of interest? One of the first things that you teach residents is that you always have to look at the funding. There's a tremendous amount of sponsored research by people who are hired to do studies to find no effect. And that's plagued this field in a number of countries. The radio frequency radiation work that we did was supported by Motorola. The relationship was really very cordial and very stress-free, but only up until we started generating data, these folks were very, very upset and began to talk about how are they going to handle this, what sort of spin can we put on this, what could we expect from this, and from that point on the relationship changed. What we saw was that Motorola began to exert more and more control over the work, telling us what to do, telling us how to write abstracts, what to say in the abstracts, what to say in the papers, how to do the work. No, don't do this. Yes, do it this way. This was unacceptable. I had completed our study of DNA damage, and I submitted the final report to Motorola. They simply weren't willing to accept my interpretation of my study, my evaluation of my study, my knowledge of science at that point, and tried to urge me not to publish the study. Did you hear about people coming to you as far as, uh, as, far as health complaints following installation of smart meters, and we wanted to verify this uh, using our field work. So I measured the field of about 30 different people while they stood one foot in front of the smart meter, and in every single case, the uh, human energy field was obliterated as they stood in front of the smart meter. So in our first slides, what we see is normal cells, and the structure of the cells is intact and sound. This is what we would expect from a normal sample. So after two minutes of exposure in front of the smart meter at about one foot away, we see a totally different story. Sample one, you can see a lot of degradation in the cells. The cell walls have been broken, and you see changes in the cells, which are called mycoplasma. It shows a mutation to the cell. 
In the second sample, we see a different type of degradation to the cell membranes. You can see a corrugation here. This is called bottle cap formation, and it's known that this occurs due to oxidation or uh, exposure to free radicals. So this third subject, uh, when we did her sample, she had to be pulled away from the meter after 45 seconds because she complained about a increasingly severe headache. And here you see a phenomenon called rouleau, where the red blood cells are stacking up, which makes it very difficult for the blood to deliver oxygen to the tissues as they would be their normal function. Every single one of these is a degradation. Every single one of these shows a trauma to the blood cells and that came from something and the only variable was the smart meter. The good news in all this is the patient and the blood can return to normal once they have been removed from the influences of these stressors. Now when we look at 5G, 60 gigahertz, this is um, what they call active dispersal sort of weaponry. Just keep people back, it burns the skin, it doesn't penetrate, but. 60 gigahertz is the frequency of oxygen molecule absorption. Since um, they have electrons that they share with each other, what we breathe is actually O2, pair of oxygen. So being bombarded with 60 gigahertz could very well impair our oxygen absorption rate in our body and thereby the whole basis of our living system. generation it's actually a whole new ball game it's not using the same technology they use they're switching to uh, military grade millimeter wave technology and when you look at this technology and if you go and look at DARPA reports come and look at some of the patents that the United States military has put out on what they can do with um, psychological weapons all sorts of things crowd control active denial anything you can think of this is what they can do with 5G. So any type of military application you can think of which is, has an electromagnetic base, they can do with 5G. And they're putting this out blanket across the population. It's a capture agency. They probably conducted what I believe to be the biggest fraud on the public ever conducted. The FCC has been described by Harvard University's uh, Center for Ethics writer Norman Alster as the most captured agency in D.C., acting more as a uh, industry cheerleader than a regulator. Um, this is especially true today with 5G, where there are serious safety concerns and potentially misleading information coming from the FCC. For example, the previous chairman of the FCC is Tom Wheeler. He was the head of the Wireless Lobby Association for 14 years. Now, remember, Obama told us there would be no lobbies in his administration, so he took the biggest lobby and put him as a, a head of the FCC. And that's damn important. In 1993, the FCC started a rulemaking to adopt the IEEE regulations on this issue. IEEE is an engineer association. Why is it that we adopt regulation of engineers who maybe know how to measure this radiation when it's passing a wall, but not when it's passing a body? All our health agencies objected it, saying that it makes no sense to adopt engineer association that they had not even one biomedical person on their on their team. They're effectively indemnified against adverse health impact lawsuits when the uh, acceptable limits are higher than the limits actually shown to show harmful health effects. The FCC guidelines were developed for short-term exposures, six minutes, 30 minutes, depending on it's a phone or an outdoor exposure, and they have 
absolutely no connection to the biological effects that have been very clearly summarized in the bioinitiative. So as you can see, there's a number of individuals in this room today that have uh, serious concerns about this uh, as regards to their health. If uh, one of your companies decides to uh, put one of these small cells up at a pool that's within, say, 50 feet of one of their houses, what recourse do they have uh, to say, is there a way to move it somewhere else? Um, there, there's language in the bill so that the authority can require the applicant to come forth with certification of compliance with the FCC's rules related to radio frequency emission. Remember that denial of request or denial permit request that you can put in? It's going to point back to the acceptable levels as determined by the FCC. Not the EPA or not the CDC, the ones who usually take care of health concerns, but by the FCC, which is staffed by former F, um, members of the telecommunication industry. That's the fox guarding the hen house. It's a fact that most insurance companies will not indemnify against EMF effects. Telecom companies around the world are warning their investors of potential major costs due to real or alleged risks of EMF pollution from their products. Interestingly enough, they're warning their investors, but they're not telling their customers. They're basically keeping it quiet because that's where the money comes from. So we're using technology that could be very potentially harmful to us, and the investors know it. But their only worry is that they might lose money, not that our health might be affected. First of all, I think that the, what you should really think about is why is it that they're not insured? It's not that they chose to be self-insured. They're actually rejected by the insurance company from being insured because they understand the risk. And so the insurance companies, the, the big insurance companies, so will not insure okay. the telecommunications? So, okay, so there's insurance companies, and then there's what's called secondary insurance companies. Secondary insurance companies are the insurance companies that insure the insurance companies. So in an event that insurance company, let's say, uh, I insure Verizon, and it may not be able to meet the claims, then the secondary insurance company is kicking in. Like Lloyds of London. Sorry? Like yes, Lloyds of exactly. London. So two uh, leading ones would be Lloyds of London and Swiss Rail. Both told the insurance company not to insure the wireless industry, and this is why they're not insured. And that should give you a hint. Now, this is exactly why they have to prevent a uh, health in, uh, uh, lawsuit. And how did they prevent lawsuit? That goes back to Section 704. Section 704 was passed in 1996. This is how our rights in regards to health were taken away by the wireless industry. What this legislation did, it gave the power to regulate the health effects of wireless technology to the FCC. FCC is a spectrum auctioning agency. It's not a health agency. They don't even have one biomedical person on their team. And then the other thing that Section 704 did, it actually took the power from the state to regulate location of cell towers based on health. And what does it mean? It means that if they want to put a cell tower in front of your home, you cannot go to your city council and say, hey, stop, I don't want it. I just heard in lecture that there's 10,000 studies proving that it's harmful. I don't want it. My child is sick. They would tell us, stop. You're not allowed to mention this in the city council because Section 704 says that if you will, and if the application will be rejected, the city will be sued, can be sued by the wireless industry.